0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Reddit Readings. And today I fucked up by reading one of our today I fucked up stories. You'll 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 know it when we get to it. Huge thanks to Weastie and Joey for joining up to our Patreon. They are currently enjoying all of those bonus episodes that we've got on there, which is like six or seven already. There's one more coming out each week, it's four bucks a month. Go check it out. Without further ado, let's jump into it. Grab your tea, your popcorn, and let's go!
1: Streaming tonight,
0: only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome back, guys. So I'm having a look at this first one. It's from John Matam Ben. Now it's posted to Today I Fucked Up, but looking at the title, it looks like a win to me. Today I fucked up by taking a sip of my wife's weed-infused coffee. This happened a few months ago, but is still a stark reminder to know your limits and take things slow, lest you're flung helplessly into the upside down where your brain ceases to function and you have to feebly text your wife for help from the bedroom. My wife, Amy, uses medical weed to help combat anxiety. She uses small amounts throughout the day in order to steady her nerves. She has an extremely high tolerance and has found that edibles have no effect on her. She can pop a 200 milligram gummy and feel nothing. Adorable Me, on the other hand, nibbles a 5 milligram gummy and I'm on the edge of overthinking my entire life. Anyway, my wife's father smokes to help with various bodily injuries acquired through his life and often makes tinctures and infusions as experiments with potency. He naturally has a high tolerance as well. My wife's experience with edible immunity seemed to intrigue my father-in-law, and he began using her as a test subject to see if he could elicit any kind of psychological or physiological response. The idea of my grey-haired, bathroom-clad pop-in-law tinkering with pot potions in his kitchen is a hilarious visual, in and of itself, but I digress. The day came, and he divulged his perfect solution, or substance, I guess. A huge pad of knee-shaking, heart-bursting, ID-destroying, weed-infused butter. My wife kept this innocent-looking yellow cube of mindfuck in our freezer for a few weeks, devising the proper time to utilise it. Then, on a lazy weekend, she decided to melt the butter into a cup of coffee and slowly sip the stuff while taking notes of how she felt. This is where my stupid 5 milligram ass comes in. I'll just take a sip, I thought. It couldn't hurt, Right? Just a little sip, followed by a beer or two. Enjoy my evening. I raised the mug to my lips and noticed the oily drops of liquefied fuck butter slicked to the surface of the brown liquid. I sipped a tiny sip, a this-is-hot-coffee-I-better-be-fucking-careful kind of sip. This couldn't do more damage than a little gummy bear. I was wrong. And there was no going back. My fate was sealed. We sat down to watch a movie with our kids. 30 minutes went by. 40 minutes. About an hour. Nothing. I felt completely normal. Nary a twitch or fuzzy sensation to speak of. My father-in-law called Amy to see how things were going. She'd finished the entire cup and felt nothing. She casually mentioned that I had a sip of said coffee a while back and also felt nothing. There was a pause. Then my wife's brow furrowed. No, he's okay, she responded. Her eyes shot over to mine in a confirming glance. "Uh Uh-oh, I thought. That's probably not good. Uh, Yeah, I'll keep my eye on him, she said jovially and said her goodbyes. It was shortly thereafter that everything changed. I began to feel my extremities go numb. When I moved my head, it seemed my eyes needed time to catch up. I blinked and took a deep breath. My heart sounded loud and throbbed in my ears. Its beating seemed to interrupt my breathing. I tried to play it cool. I shifted, I shifted my weight way on the couch, couch, tried to stretch weakly to jostle the foreign, foreign vibrations out of my limbs. It was, it was happening. I'd sipped more than I could I swallow. I suddenly felt the urge to pee. pee. I stood not up, not saying words, a word, and, and peaced out of the living room. The old, old Irish goodbye. I found, I found my way to the master bathroom. bathroom. and and forgot forgot why why I'd gone gone there. there. I stopped, looked around for a moment, then stepped back into our dark bedroom.
1: bedroom. I I stood stood there for a good five
0: minutes, frozen, frozen, staring. I couldn't couldn't think. think. I wasn't sure what to do next. After a while, I managed to pull out my phone, Text my wife a pitiful, I'm, I'm feeling, feeling too, too much. Exactly. exactly what I wrote. She uses this phrase to talk today and stumbled to her bed. My wife is the best. She's a champ. She knew exactly what to do. She calmly left the kids to their movie, explaining that I was suffering from a migraine, laid next to me in bed, held my hand and stroked my hair, fitting of the little lost boy I had become. Intensely introspective, rambling, occasionally exclaiming in a shaky voice, What did your dad do? It was horrible. The muscles in my legs felt as though they were firing and twitching of their own accord. I couldn't get a full breath as my heart's panicked pounding interrupted each inhalation. I couldn't entertain a thought or subject for more than a few sad seconds before my wife would have to prod me on. Staying in one place too long, dwelling on a subject for more than a few beats, would expose me to intense panic and introspection. I was Charlie Sheen High forever. Hours Rocketing through the quantum realm at top speed. Raving about the follies of my misspent youth. Shouting, then calm. Panicked, then reassured. My wife, never leaving my side. I slept for 11 hours and in the morning experienced my first weed hangover. No headache, no nausea, no intense pain of any kind really. Just a fatigue like I'd never felt like I'd been clenching my ass cheeks and curling my toes for two days straight while glacier water was poured over my naked genitals. My wife, you ask, she never felt a thing. Nothing. The whole damn cup of chrome-bubbled coffee had no effect on her infinitely nurturing form. I had the pleasure and embarrassment of recounting my ordeal to Amy's family a few weeks later. My father-in-law found it terribly funny that he'd almost cracked my psyche like an MK Ultra Psyop. Be careful out there, folks. Have fun. Take advantage of new experiences when they're presented to you. But please, please remember to try just a little bit of that edible. Then, you know, wait an hour. Well, just reading the title of this one has given me nightmares. But it was suggested by EpicDrew16 on our Discord. So, here we go. Posted by ElectricalVanilla569 Today I fucked up by shaving my butt and scaring the ever-living daylights out of my mum. So, I am a 17-year-old male. And to say this bluntly, I have a lot of hair. I mean, a lot, especially around my nether regions. I mean so much hair that I could have an entire coat made out of it. So one day I'm bored in the shower and I thought it would be a great idea to do some deforestation to the forest that I carry around. So that I could have some freedom from my hairy prison. So, I grabbed my razor and started trimming everything. And I mean everything! After about 30 minutes, I was about done, when I remembered that there is a butt-ton of hair in my butthole. So dreaming about how I would be able to do the one-wipe thing when I'm on the toilet. So after about 40 minutes in the shower, I finished up and went to bed. The next day, I was starting out my day by making breakfast along with my mum, and one thing you need to know about me is that I fart a lot and I fart hard, it's like a bomb going off in my butt. But because I have a forest up there, it usually comes out all muffled and quiet. But this time, because I did some deforestation, there was nothing to muffle my flatulence. So me, being the immature teenager that I am, I went up to my mum and... What I thought was going to be a nice quiet fart ended up being one of the most wettest and loudest, longest farts I have ever produced from my tiny butthole. I do not know how I was able to produce such a revolting sound out of my butthole. My mum obviously was absolutely disgusted and criticised me on being a stinky teenager. But then somehow, with her everlasting knowledge, said, Did you shave your butthole? I do not know how she knew, but I was absolutely embarrassed. And now whenever I fart, it sounds like an elephant just stepped on its own testicles. So I hope you guys can learn from my mistake and do not, I repeat, do not shave your butthole. I'd just like to point out, Epic Drew... Left a comment on this that said, What the fuck did I just read? That's enough Reddit for today. But still decided to inflict this on me and thus you guys. Thanks for that. This one's in from Roothead. Today I fucked up by eating broccoli in front of my therapist. This post is going to require some background. So when I, 27 female, was born, 0 female, my mother, 15 female, was a very young mother. She wasn't ready for a baby, and I'm told this is why she gave me to her grandmother, 49 female at the time. The grandmother really liked broccoli. I'm talking she had broccoli-themed decor. There were these black and white or sepia pictures of it hanging on her walls. She had broccoli plushies, and she incorporated it into every meal we ate. I think she said once it was her dead husband's favorite food, or something like that. Growing up, I always assumed that this was normal, but once I began attending school, my classmates would always question and sometimes mock my t-shirts, which all featured cartoons of broccoli. I quickly grew to resent the vegetable. I stopped eating it at dinner. My grandma and I would have fights about it. She always insisted I clear my plate of broccoli and so I had to start sneaking it into the trash. What's worse was her desserts were always those weird, borderline, horrifying jello molds you'd see from the 50s, and every single one of them had broccoli in it. Anyway, fast forward to now, I haven't eaten broccoli since I was a kid. I've been seeing a therapist for unrelated reasons, and I casually mentioned this to her. She asked for more details, and I realized I'm still surprisingly sensitive about the subject. She suggested I try eating a small portion of broccoli as a way to challenge and overcome these negative emotions. I wasn't comfortable doing that alone, so we agreed that I'd bring some in for our next session. This brings me to the fuck-up. Yesterday I arrived at our session with some broccoli and reluctantly tried a bite. As soon as I tasted that shit, all I could remember was my grandma's weird obsession with it and all the discomfort and embarrassment it brought me. I vomited all over myself, my therapist, and her office. She was nice about it, but I could tell she was uncomfortable. She said I might not be ready to confront my broccoli issue. I think I might need a new therapist. Hmm, I don't know man, that seems like a perfectly reasonable reaction to anything that's green If God made it green, you weren't meant to eat it Your food is meant to eat it This next one is from Reddit on Reddit 34 Today I fucked up by warning a nurse that she might feel a little woozy This actually happened three days ago, but today is my day off, so I have time to write this I am a doctor in a hospital. One of the procedures we do is called bone marrow biopsy. It's a procedure where we go inside the bone, where the factory of all blood cells is, and get a sample. It's done in the room at the bedside. No need for an operating room or anything. We usually use a special needle to get into the hip bone from behind as the patient's lying flat on their face. It sounds scary, but it's a fairly minor procedure, takes about 20 to 30 minutes. Today, I had to do this for one of my patients. Usually I require some assistance. Someone to hand me things when I am sterile and to take things from me. Anyone can do it. Usually I have an eager medical student and I explain what I am doing as I go so he or she can learn. Today I didn't. So I asked for help from one of the nurses and they gave me one of the travelers who are there to help. While I am prepping the field and getting ready, I said how thankful I was for her to come and help. I have never seen her before. And I know the floor nurse is fairly well at this point. That's when she told me she's a traveler. I asked if she's a heme or onk nurse and she said no. I asked if she ever saw a bone marrow biopsy and she also said no. I then asked if she had had lunch and she said no. So I decided it was a good idea to warn her. I said something like, just a heads up, a lot of people seeing this for the first time get woozy, so if you do start feeling it, let me know. And it's true. I have had a few nurses, med students and aides get woozy. Something about the needle pushing through the bone that gets people. There's a scratching noise that you can audibly hear as the needle rubs against the surface of the bone. People feel it in their core. It's a very forceful procedure. Bones are hard, and you have to apply a great deal of force to make my way in there. And also the fact that when we pull out the marrow, we're technically pulling fluid out of a vacuum, and that can sometimes be painful to the patient, and some viewers to behold. Boy, oh boy, did she not like that. She rolled her eyes and huffed and puffed at me and said, oh, don't you worry about me, honey, with the full weight of the condensation that honey can carry. I've been a nurse for 15 years. Don't remember the exact number, but it was definitely more than 10. "'I've been a trauma and ER nurse for most of it. "'I've seen metal spikes and machetes pulled out of all sorts of holes on patients' bodies. "'I think we'll be all right.' She was intentionally rude and antagonistic. I stopped for a second and looked at her trying to decide how to respond. But after a split second, I decided it wasn't worth it. I'm not a confrontational person normally, and I've been around long enough to know that it's not worth it to engage.' So I just said, okay. I genuinely didn't really care. I just wanted to finish my procedure in peace and move on to my next patient during my very, very busy day. Well, what do you know? Minutes into the procedure, I got my needle into the bone marrow space and I'm starting to pull out the liquid marrow. This is the painful part. The patient grunted and I apologized. Not much I can do about this part. All of a sudden, I hear a fud. I turn around to find said nurse on the ground, out cold. I call her name? Nothing. This was obviously a problem. I had to leave my sterile field, interrupt the procedure, and get help. The other nurse is called a rapid response, which is an overhead page that we typically call when a patient is looking ill suddenly and we need extra hands. The nurse ended up in the emergency department. She is, thankfully, alright. All right, guys and gals. So glad you could join us for this one. I hope you enjoyed it. If you've got a second, go leave us a review on the site, wherever you happen to be listening to this. It's a huge help. Thank you very much. And until next time, guys, peace out. Do you enjoy
1: science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast.